Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, a bill extending the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act passed the United States House of Representatives this week. The program compensates victims exposed to radiation during the Fed's nuclear test from 1951 to 1992. And I'm really pleased to have joining us on the program from the cloakroom because there's a lot of things going on in our nation's capital today. Congressman Burgess Owens, uh, who backed the bill on the House side, uh, joins us to, to break it all down, what it means and why it matters to so many Utahns. Uh, Congressman Owens, thanks for joining us today. Boy, boy, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm very, very excited about uh, being able to uh, to give the good news that we've been able to extend this. And just, just for, for those uh, who, who are not aware of people like myself, folks that are outside the, the Utah or the Western region, uh, I, I moved to Utah about eight years ago, 10 years ago, and had no idea that this was an issue because we just I didn't grow up in the area. So to be educated on this uh, a couple years ago was, first of all, uh, it, it, it gave me an additional passion. It gave me an opportunity to talk with Utahns. Well, this is something that they've been impacted for quite a while. And then to actually come to Congress and to educate those who are like myself just didn't know, have no idea. So that's what we're, we've been going through this last year is education. We were not able to get my initial, my initial bill that went through. I had a little bit more, a little bit more ex, uh, ex, uh, folks that would be covered a little bit longer time. Um, a little bit more income, but we were not able to get that uh, this time around. But we, we didn't want to lose what we have, so we had an extension instead. I, I, I want to say I'm very thankful to Senator Mike Lee. Uh, he really fought hard to make sure that uh, it, it passed through the Senate and that we were just able to pick it up from here and take it uh, take it the rest of the way. Yeah, and such an, such an important thing, and uh, I'm glad you pointed out the, the tag team partnerships. And, and this is one area that I think the Utah delegation doesn't get enough credit for, uh, is when uh, members of the House and members of Utah's the Senate delegation come together to, to tag team to make sure that bills that impact real Utahns can get through both the House and the Senate. It doesn't do any good to get it through just one chamber. Uh, that You don't get it to the president's desk that way. And uh, obviously, Senator Lee has yeah. been uh, on this one for a long time. His own family story in terms of his father uh, uh, being exposed to that downwinder is what we often refer to it as. Uh, and so love the fact that uh, you were able to take that from the House side along with your colleagues there and actually get this done. This does make a difference uh, for Utahns. It does. And, and the thing that I'm also, and I just made, made this point on the floor the other day, uh, what I loved about this process for me uh, was a chance to not, not only have something by camel with, with, this, with the Senate, but to work with other people across the aisle. I had uh, Democrat friends from Arizona, from New Mexico, 
that also have the same issues, but they have the same desire to make sure their constituents being taken care of. So even though we might not agree on a lot of different things, we were able to come together, work together, uh, uh, navigate the process, make sure we got to the Senate and, and they had our conversations with the Senate. So it was a very uh, exciting process to me to see how, how legislation should work when we all have the same end game. And that's, that's what, that's what, that's what came out of this one for sure. Yeah, I think that's so important. And for our listeners who may not have been tracking this as, as closely as we should or could, again, this is a, a 50 year, uh, issue where the federal government's nuclear testing blanketed not just Utah, but a lot of the Western states with radioactive materials. That's where this term downwinders uh, comes from, exposed millions to all kinds of life-threatening diseases. Uh, and so this particular bill, the Radiation Exposure Compensation Acts, Act, which was, uh, I think it was set to, to lapse in July. Is that correct, Congressman? And two, two, it was supposed to expire in two months. And I'll tell you, that would have been a heavy lift to have tried to bring this back once, it's, once, once it expired. So I was very thankful, again, to have the, the collaboration and on all the areas we need to have to make sure we can extend it another two years. It gives us time, again, I talk about education. It gives us time now to, uh, to reach out to our, uh, our colleagues, have these conversations about what happened, uh, the impact it's had on, on thousands and thousands of uh, people across the Western region, and how we can not only expand it, to include um, minors, for instance, but also expanded to, to uh, expand it to include other cancers that might not have been picked up on initially, but now we see have, have been a direct uh, impact of that. So the things we can do once we can educate, and that's that's our, our next goal uh, in the time we have left. Yeah, and uh, Congressman, before I let you go, uh, you, you mentioned that this was a, a really nice uh, model to look at in terms of both bicameral efforts going on in the House and the Senate, also bipartisan uh, in bringing people together. Are there some other areas where you think there's some real opportunities, even before we get into the throes of the uh, the midterm election cycle, uh, areas where we can see this kind of approach and this kind of success in terms of getting something done in Washington? I think, I think that will happen as we get past November, I have to be honest with you. Um, uh, what, what I believe uh, in November is that uh, personally that, that we're going to have a mandate as a Republican Party and that we're going to have uh, friends on the other side of the aisle that we really want to show the bipartisan process that it still works because those who serve want to stay around. And, and I think showing that we can be bipartisan, showing that we can come together on those issues that really impact us. Uh, and, and put aside the fact that we're, we're different parties. That makes a big difference. So I, I think as we get into this coming year, you're going to see a lot more uh, of this partnership. Uh, we're already talking about something, for instance, dealing with uh, the, the fatherhood. There's something that was passed in um, uh, in, uh, in Florida. A good friend of mine, Jack Bauer, who's a former NFL player, was able to do something with the governor there that we're looking at possibly trying to see how it works on the federal level. And we'll have some Democratic friends that will actually understand that because we realize when father is taken out of the household, there's nothing but disaster and misery that comes after that. And I've seen it in my community. Um, Jack has also, and we want to make sure that we can address that. So look to see a lot more bipartisanship, uh, reach across the aisle. Uh, I think a lot less divisiveness. I really kind of see that happening too. But we have to get to where the mandate is so strong that the American people are saying enough. We just we want to have uh, a working Congress, and it's now those that are being elected to make that happen. And I think that's what we're going to see as we get into uh, uh, to twenty twenty three. All right, Congressman Burgess Owen, stepping into the cloakroom there on the uh, just off of the House floor. Uh, appreciate you making some time for us on a busy day back in our nation's capital. And again, great uh, work by you and Senator Lee uh, for the passage of the bipartisan. Uh, 
uh, effort here in terms of the Radiation Exposure and Compensation Act impacting uh, a lot of Utahns who many have suffered for uh, a lot of years uh, with the impact of yeah. the federal government's efforts around nuclear testing. So, Congressman, thanks again for joining us today. Boy, thank you. You're the first call, the first interview, so I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much for the opportunity, and uh, we'll talk with you soon, okay? All right. Awesome. Again, that's uh, Congressman Burgess Owens. And uh, you always know when things are, are happening, uh, when members of Congress say, I, I can I can do the show, I can come on for a segment, but I'm going to do it from the cloakroom. <laughs> so you just have to step off the floor and uh, hope that the uh, cell coverage works. And we appreciate Congressman Owens uh, making a little bit of time for us today because this is a, an important one. Uh, there, are, there are so many who have suffered from a wide range of diseases, from cancer being the, the obvious one to a host of others uh, that were all part of uh, this long effort uh, that the federal government did, 50 years of nuclear testing, uh, and just the, the downwind, the, it just blanketed uh, not just Utah, but a number of western states with radioactive material exposed millions and millions of people to these life-threatening diseases. Uh, and the important thing to remember on this uh, particular passage, this will now go to the president's desk. Uh, the Senate passed it, uh, I think by unanimous consent, about a month ago. And the House just took it up uh, and passed it this week. So it will go to the president's desk uh, to be signed and continued. And that's really important. Uh, one of the things that Representative Owens pointed out was uh, this fund was due to expire. The program was due to expire in July. And uh, Representative Owens made a really important point that if it had expired, uh, it is really tough uh, to to get those things back in motion and back moving again. Uh, expiration is a tough thing. Uh, and so the ability of, of both Congressman Owens and Senator Lee uh, and others in the Utah delegation, I know everybody was involved in this one, uh, to get it done and get it across the line so that there wouldn't be a lapse in that coverage uh, and that funding available to those that uh, have suffered in so many different ways and their family members uh, over the years from that radioactive fallout and material. Uh, so that's an important one, and I do hope it serves as a model bicameral, House and Senate working together, bipartisan Democrats and Republicans reaching across the aisle to get something done uh, for the good of the people that they're supposed to serve. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. Some final thoughts when we come back. Stay with us here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.